Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. You were a Republican most of your life, uh, but voted for, and you may still consider yourself one, but voted for Biden in 2020. Do you intend to vote for him again, or is there anyone on the Republican side you might consider if it's not Trump? It has to be Joe Biden, and and I'm glad he's willing to serve. It has to be somebody committed to the rule of law, committed to the values of this country. And I- We can't continue to see uh, our kids and, and communities uh, being killed. You know, we talk about Roe v. Wade and really making that the law of the land. And welcome back to Flower Politic Podcast. It is the 7th of May, year of our Lord, 2023. So much for objective DOJ. The man can't step off a helicopter without hitting his fucking head. And I wanted to start with that abortion soundbite. I mean, we're sick of watching our kids die because of abortion. I, I don't get that. To Fallgate, this, uh, just a few, because I wanted to close the loop on this, because it's just, here's Ron Howard, um, you know, doing the old uh, freaking. I bump my head. I do this. It's like, really? Really? What won't you do for this guy? This is the New York Times. At the same time, he's trim and fit, exercised five days a week, and does not drink. He has, at times, exhibited striking stamina, such as when he flew to Poland, then boarded a nine-hour train ride. To make a secret visit to Kiev, spent hours on the ground, then endured another nine-hour train ride in flight in Warsaw. A study of a schedule by Mr. Biden's aide shows that he has traveled slightly more in the first few months of his third year in office than Mr. Obama did. The thing that's really funny about it, this is the picture of that article. I do the pregnant pause. Because what the fuck? Literally in this article that I won't waste your time for, he... They say don't bother him on the weekends. Don't bother him on the weekends. But this media allows it. Here's a short bite talking about it. 
And then CNN literally saying the reason why people don't believe in Biden is because the media isn't selling it good enough. This is MSNBC and uh, I believe a CBS reporter, respectively. With that, let's get going. Chris, what you got Um, for us? So uh, the president had the fall yesterday. Uh, The White House said that he's fine. Uh, Was he checked up by a doctor? What was that examination like? What was the results? So just want to just remind everybody what the president uh, was uh, in Colorado Springs for yesterday. He was there uh, to uh, to offer um, uh, his thanks to the dedicated brave women and um, men and women who are graduating and and about to serve uh, in the Air Force. And he was proud, very proud, uh, to shake the hands of more than 900 of them uh, beforehand. So I just want to make sure that we are aware as Commander-in-Chief, that is why he was there, and he was incredibly proud to do so. Uh, And just to just, you know, make sure we clear the record here, he tripped over uh, a a sandbag on the stage, and briefly he tripped and got up, and he he got got right back up and continued, uh, continued what he was there to do. He did not, uh, he, he, there was no need uh, for the doctor. But I don't know if the messaging is getting through because I don't know that people feel it. You know, eggs still cost $8 a carton. Box of cereal is $10. Your credit card bills are going up every month by hundreds of dollars because the Fed keeps raising interest rates. The housing market seems frozen because mortgage rates are at sky high rates. We're all afraid of getting shot by some lunatic with an AR-15 because no place feels safe. So there are a lot of things that people are just feeling that don't feel good, that maybe when it comes to the economy, it's not reflecting the messaging and the reality, but people are not really very enthusiastic. But we being the media are somewhat responsible for that, right? Gas prices is the perfect example. Mm. When gas prices are up like they were last year, every news organization and every reporter was standing in front of a gas station talking about it. When mortgage rates were really low, prices were super high because you could get a really cheap mortgage. And so we instill this fear and unhappiness. You know, it's it's really important that somehow, some way, the media stops this. Because there's plenty of stuff going on that they should really be investigating. Like the scandals that are everywhere. And the only place you see it is on Fox. Today, top lawmakers from the House Oversight Committee received access to an FBI document that reportedly contains a bribery allegation against President Biden. This is the document, the form we've been talking about. It's been the source of a tug of war between House Republicans and Bureau Chief Christopher Wray. Tonight, we get reaction from Capitol Hill. Correspondent David Spunt is there tonight. The investigation is not dead. This is only the beginning. It appears this investigation is part of an ongoing investigation. A source tells Fox News the FBI 1023 document that reportedly alleges then-Vice President Joe Biden accepted a bribe was handed over to Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss in 2020. Fox News cannot confirm what, if anything, Weiss did with the document. 
However, ranking member Jamie Raskin, who was in the very same meeting, says he did not hear the document was part of an ongoing investigation. Raskin also said the investigation into the document was closed with the William Barr Department of Justice. A source familiar tells Fox News that's not accurate. Multiple sources tell Fox News the person who made the allegation about then-VP Biden is a trusted FBI source. Highly credible informant who has been used by the FBI for over 10 years and has been paid over six figures. But Raskin says he was told the source information was not firsthand. Yeah, remember, what we're talking about here is a confidential human source reporting a conversation with someone else. So what we're, we're talking about is secondhand hearsay. Despite the FBI holding a briefing on Capitol Hill and bringing the document, Chairman Comer is moving forward with holding FBI Director Christopher Wray accountable, arguing he didn't physically turn over the document as requested. We will. Secondly, um, last night during a CNN town hall, former Governor Nikki Haley suggested that allowing transgender girls into female locker rooms is driving up suicidal thoughts among teenage girls. Uh, wondering if you have any comments. So, look, um, I'm not going to go beyond what we've talked about uh, when it comes to Department of Education, when it comes to this president, as it relates to that particular issue. Uh, but look, I think more broadly, what we have seen from Republicans just across the country as it relates to transgender youth, as it relates to the LGBTQI plus community, we've seen more than 600 bills. Uh, many of those are, are targeted at transgender youth. And, uh, and that is something that the president's going to continue to speak out against. It is appalling uh, what we're seeing, the hate, the attack uh, on this community. And so the president's going to be very clear that he supports uh, the LGBTQ plus community. This is Pride Month, as you know. Uh, he's going to continue to lift up uh, the community and all their accomplishments, celebrate them. Uh, and so I'll just, uh, I'll just leave it there for now. Um, Nikki Haley also last night uh, refused to answer a question about whether she would sign a bill for a six-week abortion ban uh, if it came to her desk saying that the administration has not yet uh, outlined their position on whether they would sign bills uh, allowing abortions at 37, 38, 39 weeks. Could you give us the sort of correct correct um, position of the administration in terms of what kind, if any, uh, kinds of restrictions on abortion the administration supports? So I didn't watch this, uh, this town hall, so can't really speak to exactly what she said. What I can speak to, what the president has said, uh, which is that uh, he will continue to call on Congress uh, to restore Roe v. Wade. And so if you know the particulars of Roe v. v. Wade, you see what the president stands. So I'll just leave it there for now. And one other one on Nikki Haley. She also said that a vote for President uh, President Biden is a vote for Vice President Kamala Harris. What do you say to anyone who is questioning whether the president would survive a full four-year term? So let me just say this. Uh, it, I'm not going to comment on the 2024. She is a candidate, so I want to be very careful here. Uh, and uh, we do follow the Hatch Act, so I want to be really, really mindful here. Um, look, this is a president if you look at his track record, if you and I'm saying this more broadly, if you look at what he's been able to do, uh, he has been able to push forward and get done historic pieces of legislation. Another, uh, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee says they're going to vote to hold the FBI director in contempt on Thursday. 
for withholding documents about some uncorroborated corruption allegations dating back to when the president was vice president. Does the White House have any comment on the Oversight Committee's continued focus on this? So I would have to refer you to the FBI. They've actually put out a statement on this, and I would refer you to them. I can ask you about China, if I could. Um, so the president says we're in a competition with China. He's been in office 28 months. Are we winning the competition? So I would point you to the 800,000 manufacturing jobs that were created here. I would point you to the Chips and Science Act that was bipartisan, uh, that the president was able to get done to make sure that we bring back jobs here. I would point you to, as you always ask me, about the our economy and how it's growing. More than 13 million jobs are created, unemployment at a record low. And so the president has done the, the work uh, to make sure that we bring those jobs back. You see the investment. Hunter Biden's victims, young, underage girls, seen next to Hunter Biden, with four preteens crawling on him in one picture, it's extremely difficult to find words to describe the next horrific image. This is far from the first scandal involving the son of the American president, fixated on making porn entertainment with dozens of young, easy minors while measuring crack cocaine, who at the same time is the son of the President of the United States. Now, Kirby was questioned on this also, and he obfuscated. Uh, Joe Scarborough this week, I'm not going to play it, but um, all these things about like Biden crime family, this and that and the other, and they keep pushing and they keep fighting absolutely nothing, and it ends up in the end of the day just being an embarrassment for Republicans. Nobody cares about it. Well, clearly... They do, because these are polls from April that 48%, 47%. I showed you polls last ones. You know, it's pretty obvious. Representative Anna Paulina Luna, FBI is afraid its Biden family informant could be killed if unmasked. That's probably not good. Uh, Schellenberger. Few things matter more than equal justice under the law, civilian control over law enforcement, and the separation of powers. We should thus be appalled by the FBI director refusal to turn over alleged evidence of buying corruption. The FBI says the escalation took a temp vote under these circumstances unwarranted because it showed the document to members of Congress. But by sitting on Hunter Biden's laptop since December 19th and retaliating against whistleblowers, the FBI has proven it can't be trusted. The American people don't trust the FBI, and rightly so. They were sitting on Biden's laptop forever and did nothing with it. The FBI has been purging whistleblowers who raise red flags about unconstitutional behaviors. The FBI has falsely suggested that domestic terrorism increasing and obviously partisan political reasons, Biden and the FBI are abusing their power. Congress was bringing FBI to heel, and half of America doesn't trust the FBI. It, it's not good. But why would they? In one day, CNN said Trump 500 times.
Hello and welcome to Inside Politics. Well, let's start with Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Now, of course, Donald Trump. 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 Donald Trump. Trump appointed. Donald Trump. Trump. Well, that's interesting because Trump. 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 President Trump. Donald Trump. 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 Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Trump has been president. President Trump. Caitlin, where are we right now in this sentencing proceeding? Donald Trump. 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 We have a Donald Trump. Donald Trump. When it comes to Donald Trump. 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 And. Uh, Trump, Donald Trump. Missing from that is Donald Trump. You know, Trump, Trump, focus on Donald Trump, 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 Trumpism, Trump, a lot of Trumps. Fascinating. I know it's for ratings because that's what liberals want to hear. But goddamn. Ian Milheiser, this is coming back again because I think they're really concerned about 2024. The weirdest thing about the United States is that more than 200 years ago, a bunch of enslavers came up with an electoral system that routinely misfires and puts a losing candidate in the White House. And we're expected to treat the work as if it was divine inspiration. It's back again. This is all the media cares about. This is ABC. These are the people we're going to be doing our election coverage with because equity and shit. I got no place to put this, so I'm going to put it up front. Some guy jumped Rachel Maddow at an event. I just, I enjoyed it. Rachel, this speech is boring and paranoid. Can you explain why you promoted the Steele do- Why did you promote the Steele dossier, which has been proven to be a lie? Why did you promote the lie of no. Russian no. bounties? Come on. Come on. Let's go. Can you Let's ever go. be held accountable for the lies you told Americans for years and years and years? You lied to Americans for Let's years. Go. Let's go. Silence is Yo. violence, Rachel. Yo. You're out. It is bad. Let's go. There you go. You want my badge? Thank you. Here you go. I'm walking I'm out. Sorry, you can go this way. Which Elevator way? Elevator right here. Yeah. Rachel Maddow refusing to answer questions about the lying about the Steele dossier, lying about yeah, Russian. Ba- and then something really, 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 really good happened. Chuck Todd ended his show like this. So I leave feeling concerned about this moment in history, but reassured by the standards we've set here. We didn't tolerate propagandists, and this network and program never will. But it doesn't mean sticking your head in the sand either. If you ignore reality, you'll miss the biggest story. Being a real political journalist isn't about building a brand. It's about reporting what's happening and explaining why it's happening and letting the public absorb the facts. That's interesting because we're really concerned how bad you fucked up. Meet the Press, the one and only non-biased show we had. Chuck Todd will depart NBC, Meet the Press, after nine years hosting the show. Kristen Welker, NBC News co-chief White House correspondent, will secede him. That's kind of like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic, somebody says. Kevin Tuber, laugh line from Chuck Todd announcement, he's leaving. I'll be honest, though, I leave feeling concerned about this momentum in history, but reassured by the standards we set here. We didn't tolerate propaganda, and this network and programming never will. Molly Hemingway, 
Chuck Todd, among many other grievous problems, attacked Republicans for years if, if they didn't accept his Russia collusion hoax. Everybody, Russia, Russia, Dan Bondingo, we didn't tolerate propaganda. Another tweeter, the level of self-importance. I tweeted the reality. He was the propaganda. It was long before he said, the science is settled, which is really a stupid statement because science is never settled, about climate change and shit. So, there are so many sound bites out there. I've only selected two, four, six, eight, eight of them. I got a email with over 20 because, you know, he's got a wealth of bias. And Matt in Oregon, of course, has heard me bitch about this far too much. Those who were at the show remember the Sunday shows. I used to do a Sunday podcast about the Sunday shows when I used to travel for a living. And I would lose my shit over it because it was really the only political shows I watched. Um, it was a way to get informed about your government. But that's long gone. Now it's just more democratic pobble. So we're going to go straight into it and uh, come out uh, into a soundbite of young youth. And I want to read the actual caption for this. They're young. Sometimes they make silly decisions. I'll move right past Chuck Todd because I don't need to talk anymore about it. His sound bites will convict him. Nearly 10,000 people died in the month of June. They were needless deaths. Please get vaccinated. If you know someone who's not vaccinated, find a way to convince them to get vaccinated. Literally, the only people dying are the unvaccinated. And for those of you spreading misinformation, shame on you. Shame on you. People are needlessly dying because of your misinformation. Think about it. I don't know how some of you sleep at night who are doing this for a living. This morning, Meet the Press takes an in-depth look at our post-truth society and how a changing media landscape has created chaos out of order. You've probably never heard of a town in Macedonia called Valles. This is the town where BuzzFeed discovered what was essentially a fake news farm some 100 dazzle dazzle than I think we've ever seen. It, it was it was the president trolling the Democrats. Yes, there was no impeachment. You mean with the Rush Limbaugh Honoring Rush Limbaugh in that moment at an event that was technically begun because the Speaker of the House invites the president to come to the House chamber to give this. Well, and the he complexity gives the medal. is also that Rush Limbaugh is yeah. battling no in a battle for his life but at the to moment. To do it in the House yes. floor was definitely a finger in the eye of Pelosi, finger in the Bottom line, the pandemic has been relentless. And since Biden tried to declare independence from it on July 4th, more than 160,000 Americans have been added to our death toll, despite vaccines being widely available. Obviously, most of those recent deaths are all of the unvaccinated. So the folks with blood on their hands there are the misinformers, particularly in right-wing media. More than 770,000 have died in total, 365,000 of them since January 20th of this year. 
And meanwhile, the administration this week has suspended its work on enforcing OSHA's vaccine mandate for private sector workers due to uh, some legal issues thanks to the Fifth Circuit. And right now, the White House does not seem anxious to focus more time and energy and political capital to fight the politicalization of this pandemic. The unfortunate dark reality is they are fighting some powerful political forces of defiance and disinformation, which have only worsened the partisan gap in human suffering. According to data from the New York Times and the CDC, let me show you this. 19 of the 20 counties with the highest COVID death rates per capita right now are all in deep red America. They all speaking of that fight, let's go to that issue there. Mark Bray, you are writing this book, Antifa, the anti-fascist ha uh, handbook. Uh, explain this movement and its roots. Right, right. So anti-fascism goes back to the beginning of the 20th century when uh, leftists of all stripes fought back against Mussolini and Hitler. Uh, most people think of Nazism as something that died with World War II, but it really rebranded re itself, grew again in a lot of European countries, in the United States. And so the modern Antifa movement grows out of the 70s and 80s in Great Britain and Germany when a lot of immigrants, when a lot of leftists, punk rockers had to physically defend themselves mm -hmm. from neo-Nazi attacks. But I'm going to play for you some. You brought up Carrie Lake. Uh, I want to play for you. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin was campaigning with her. He was specifically asked by my colleague uh, Garrett Haig about your critique of Republicans that were campaigning with Kerry Lake. Here was his response. I believe that every state deserves a Republican governor and Arizona deserves another Republican governor. A lot of Republicans in the last three weeks that I would describe as uh, empathetic to what you've been doing have suddenly found themselves deciding, hey, party over country. What do you make of those decisions? You know. Sadly, though, it's become our uniquely American ritual of words after each episode of this uniquely American serial tragedy. Thoughts and prayers. Nothing we can do. No law would have stopped this. The real problem is mental illness. If only the victims had been armed. More thoughts and prayers. How do we allow an 18-year-old, in this case Salvador Ramos, to buy assault rifles and accumulate more than 1,600 rounds of ammunition all legally, mind you. Whether it's guns or climate change or protecting our democracy, we no longer have a politics that can meet these crucial moments that we face. Uh, but they said this is not the time to, for politics. Now is the time to be with families um, mm -hmm. and that this isn't partisan. It's not a political thing. But, Chuck, it is partisan. It absolutely is partisan because oh. there's one party that's refusing to pass gun laws. You know, uh, you brought up the uh, the comment he made at the beginning about it's been six that 18 year olds have been able to buy long guns and for 60 years. And I thought it was a strange thing for the governor to say because, okay, I'll take that to your logical end there. You know what happened 56 years ago, Katie? The school shooting that basically began this uh, epidemic. 56 years ago, it was the University of Texas, right? The bell tower. The most, the, the one that arguably, unfortunately, started it all. So, uh, look, I'm not going to sit here and say that's cause and effect, but it's not a good argument if you're Governor Abbott to sit there and say, well, they've been able to do this in 60 years. And you're like, oh, well, in the last 60 years, what has become an epidemic in this country and what has not? So there's that. Ironically, the other thing is he's talking about the issue of, of the lack of rural hospital beds, particularly mental health beds. There's a piece of legislation that the federal government is basically uh, begging states to take that haven't taken it. It's called Medicaid expansion.
This is also Chicago. This is what's happening to cities because of cashless bail and they don't want to punish these thugs because that's what they are. They're thugs. Um, sometimes, man, I, I it's hard to grasp how far we have gone. I mean, we've just gone off the deep end with this wokeism stuff and I and I don't understand why I can't figure it out because you think people would be like okay I'm done I'm done we're 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 done here we're not gonna do this anymore but um, it clearly is not the case as we'll start seeing right now so we're gonna go into our gay shit um let me fix the bumper there, because I guess when I... I set this up yesterday, but I didn't actually set in the bumps. Uh, we're going to have Veshi. We're going to have PB, uh, Veshi, opponents of medically necessary affirming care are not smart. Joy Reid running her cock trap. And then, of course... PBS, because, you know, we pay for this shit. Um, deciding that a pastor who is banning trannies from a parade or some shit is bad. And I once... It's not that hard. It's easy math. Your religion is transgenderism. Other people believe in gods. If you believe we have to embrace your shit, you're wrong... We accept that that's your religion. You're having a very hard time accepting there is other religions than CRT and LGBTIO. And that's how countries fall apart. Hey, hey, hey. Bow, bow, bow. Little pump and cut. Hey, gang shit, gang shit. Now it's clear that Americans overwhelmingly support the LGBTQ community and its right to exist peacefully, which is why the targeted attacks on the rights of LGBTQ Americans seems like a losing political strategy. Yet just in the last year alone, Republican lawmakers have introduced more than 500 anti-LGBTQ bills into state legislatures, according to the Equality Federation. A majority of those measures take aim at transgender youth. They range from bans on gender-affirming care for minors to not allowing trans kids to play on sports teams that align with their gender identity to bills that weaken or undermine non-discrimination laws. This is just not popular policy. Take a look at the 2022 midterms. You could say that there was a rainbow wave. A record 340 LGBTQ candidates won their elections across the country, according to the Victory Fund, while many candidates with anti-LGBTQ stances were rejected. 
but to your question, mm -hmm. I think they're using it as a political cudgel. Yeah. So, so we can, you vilify one group of people and unifies all these other people. Yeah. Let me point out that in Uganda, for example, oh, these, God, there are countries yeah. all over the world that yeah. are attacking gay people. Yeah. This is the new the scapegoat du jour right now. Yeah. Yeah. In Russia, you're imprisoned if yeah. you're gay. In Uganda, or they killed. just they just yeah. posed a very uh, stringent law: yes. uh, life imprisonment or execution if yeah. you are considered yeah. to be homosexual. Sixty-four countries, half of them are in Africa, criminalize homosexuality. Mm -hmm. The other half are all over the place. I yeah. mean, is that what we want our country to be like Uganda? I mean, come on. Well, or the, Russia? I don't think so. The answer is no. And uh, those on the right who are targeting the LGBTQ plus community are on the wrong side of history. The facts bear it out. So eight in 10 Americans favor more laws to protect the LGBTQ plus community from discrimination. 67% of those are Republicans. The biggest voting bloc in 2024 will be millennials and Gen Zers. We are the generation of marriage equality. We are the generation of freedom. We are not going backward on these issues. We to shall anyone, see. To we'll anyone see. in my part, that it is not where the majority of the country is, and it yes. is such an agreement. Yeah, but your party tends to steal elections. Well, they How tried. We, they yeah. didn't, though. They didn't but it reminds me of my favorite they verse. They have more advanced ways of doing it, I my bet. My favorite Go verse ahead. in the Bible in Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. This has been tried. It's fear-mongering. It's trying to target the minority within the minority yeah, and create but, fear and stoke it. It will not but, work. But it, but it has worked in the past, and it's worked over and over and over again. And I will tell you, that I completely agree. This is a, a cudgel, a political cudgel. Mm -hmm. This is just being used as a culture war. Only 1.6% of American adults are now transgender or non-binary. 1.6%. Then why do you choose that group to attack? Mm -hmm. And I go back to what LBJ said a long time ago. Some Taylor residents point to a single event when they describe the divisions here. The town Christmas parade, which has come down this street for decades. That, they say, is what put Taylor on the front line of the war on LGBTQ rights. In 2021, for the first time, the line of Christmas floats on Main Street included one from Taylor Pride, which carried drag queens. One of the performers was Felicia Inspire. We were cheered and clapped for the entire parade. I felt like everyone enjoyed it. We didn't hear any kind of backlash at all until the following year. And it's like it exploded all over Facebook out of nowhere. That explosion happened in the months leading up to the 2022 Christmas parade. Tama, which put on the parade with the city, didn't want any float with drag queens. Drag queens in a Christmas float is not consistent with Christianity as we believe it. And so last year, in the entry forms, we simply made a notation that said all entries must conform with traditional family and biblical values. And that created a firestorm. And she says the rising anti-LGBTQ efforts in red states across the country are being acutely felt by LGBTQ youth. They're feeling less supported. They're feeling like there's less resources. And we worry about that. The kind of hope they're reaching out for is um, we have a lot of scared youth for sure. Roger says that's why Taylor Pride won't stop holding events. Good job, buddy. Even as people challenging their very existence stand at the door. So that's our media because they're not covering this stuff. You're going to see trans activists and Antifa, and you're going to see. I'm just going to play them all together because it's a big, hot 
clusterfuck. Uh, guys being flogged in a Tempe, Arizona family Freddy friendly. Uh, rapping about anal sex. Another guy in Tempe saying that uh, homosexuality is a gift. And then a bunch of freaks at a grade school bringing kids in. And once again, I don't think we're terrorists to say, get that shit away from our fucking kids. I am Eloise. I am six. Homosexuality is truly a gift to humanity if we can really understand it. Beings that we know to be homosexual or gay or lesbian are truly divine beings, gatekeepers or oracles. This is what they were understood to be in indigenous times. The importance of these beings was that they came to bring balance. The LGBTQ community 
It's truly the preservation of the divine feminine. And these beings should be revered in that manner. Hold up. Fuck me, man. That That is... Wow. And you wonder why people want to cancel the shit. Drew Hernandez, Insane Tempe, Arizona, first annual all-age pride party featured LGBTQ rapper performing songs about gay anal sex and converting straight men gay through sex acts to a crowd that include infants and children. LGBTQ adults can be seen dancing along with the kids. Alcohol was sold. This is the LGBTQ rapper Real X-Man rapping about gay anal sex. His IG promotes the belief that members of the LGBT community are divine beings and should be revered. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's... Uh, this is uh, NBC... I am a transgender pregnant man and I do exist. So no matter what anybody says, I literally am living proof. Author Logan Brown told Glamour UK. Yeah, I know you have a uterus. This motherfucker got arrested again. Why is he not in jail? Scott Weiner. There's the perpetual fuckery. Yeah. Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence were honoring Sister Roma and other badass LGBTQ leaders from around California. Replies, you're just a bad person. That's really all there is to it. This is what community leaders look like in 2023. Honoring them for what? This is a serious question. It's a work day. You get paid by taxpayers to make sure society has the necessary infrastructure it needs to operate. How does this do that? Oh, look. A sitting center honoring a sacrilegious hate group on our tax dollars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's where we are. It's uh, vandalism and death threats for trans activists force closure of a lesbian bar because it's starting. I've said it. Gay people are not down with it. John Hopkins medicine staff given a roadmap to navigate dozens of pronouns to include herself, H-A-E-R-S-E-L-F, V, Z, and Hugh. That's a callback to an old thing. Uh, you know, the more and more we get into this in, in, the, in the media, and I always started with media sound bites with the, this is just a culture war on the right. The right's fighting a culture war. Parents are terrorists, yada, yada. Here are two sound bites. One is from America explaining transgenderism with the theory that doctors diagnose kids the wrong sex at birth. Pretty simple. You either have a dick or you don't. That's just biology for millennia BC, before Christ. Dick guy, no dick woman. 
And then one from the UK where, and this is the next tangent, you, you have the lesbian, you have the feminist starting to fight back. Uh, Islam, not down with us. So she's dogging Muslim kids for not coming to class. I didn't get sound bites, but I will eventually because I couldn't capture them. Fox is running a segment on all this gay shit, and there was some fight in California. Antifa was there. And everybody was Latino. And they were talking to the Latino parents who were saying, no, not for our kids. I think the left is going to eventually get really hurt. They're going to get their feelings hurt. Because as they cabal all this shit and they do the illegal migration so they can have a whole bunch of voters and replace the people that don't want to vote for them, the reality is Latinos are very religious. They're not into your LGBT religion. They believe in a God. They're not down with abortion until college. And the longer they stay here and then the freebies dry up, that voting block is not going to look good to you. It already is starting, folks. They're starting to lose that 80%. They're down to like 60. And if they keep the shit up by 2024, it might be a 50-50. A dice roll where Latinx, because they don't want to be called that either, are voting. So here are two teachers. But it's the parents just making shit up. into what trans is. Transgender is when the doctor decided you are a certain gender based on what they assumed your outsides looked like, and then later it turned out that that wasn't true. Um, the doc- so a trans woman is somebody that the doctor thought that they were a boy when they were born, and then later they tell everybody, like, actually that was wrong, um, I'm a woman. And trans man is somebody who the doctor thought they were a girl when they were born, but then later they found out that's not true, I'm a man. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, you were out to lunch. If you think it's accept, accept, uh, acceptable to not show up because you think there's some pride activities going on at school, right? Oh, that's fine. You know, because I'm going to show my opinion by hanging out at the mall. But meanwhile, all those kids who are, you know, involved in, say, the Gay Street Alliance or whatever, I don't even know if we have that anymore in our school, they're here when we did Ramadan for Lion Time, and they're showing respect in the class for your religion, right, for your beliefs, it goes two ways. If you want to be respected for who you are, if you don't want to suffer prejudice for your religion, your uh, color of skin, your whatever, then you better give it back to people who are different from you. That's how it works, it's an exchange. And it isn't like that in all countries. As I told you, in Uganda, literally, if you, they think you're gay, they will execute you. If you believe that kind of thing, then you don't belong here. Because that is not what Canada believes. We believe in freedom. We believe that people can marry whomever they want. That is in the law. And if you don't think that should be the law, you can't be Canadian. You don't belong here, and I mean it. I really mean it. And it's not a joke, Manzoor. I said back and forth. You want it, you got to give it. 
It, I, it just makes me angry. Sorry, I'm a little worried. That's probably not good. NBC running the lies. Most of Americans say companies should publicly support LGBT community. Survey finds three out of four respondents said they felt comfortable seeing LGBTQ people in advertisements, according to a new survey by GLAD. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't cooked. That that poll was not at all cooked. Emboldened shoppers threaten target workers over Pride Month items. The retailer pulled back this LGBTQ merchandise from windows, prompting even more backlash. No, it's it's not backlash. It's actually threats. A lot of threats. Uh, let me find it because uh, I got a bunch of last minute. Um, Stuff. Where are we at? 200 LGBTQ groups demand Target restock Pride merch. Release statement now. No such thing as neutrality. The Target campaign made them lose $13 billion. The Daily Signal. Woke brands back off Pride Month as American Fury gross fury hmm that's interesting and to show it's just it's once again Calvin Ball because you just can't keep up with all their goddamn changes they they change everything I, I my god this is AP style book don't say transgenderism or call gender ideology an ideology. Sex often, correspond, uh, sex often corresponds with but is not synonymous with gender, what, which is a social construct. Do not use the term transgenderism, which frames transgender identity as an ideology. The AP Style Guide also implicitly gives license to censoring claims and sources under the pretense of excluding misinformation, and they provide balance of story by refusing the liberal agenda. Avoid false balance, giving a platform to unqualified claims or sources in the guise of balancing a story by including all views. For instance, don't quote people speaking about biology or athletic regulations unless they have a proper background. In some cases, the guide raises more questions than it answers. Drag performer, drag queen, drag king. Entertainers who dress and act as different gender. Drag queens act as a women. Drag kings act as a men. Male impersonators and female impersonators are also acceptable. Defer to the performer's wishes or pronouns, not synonyms which cross-dressers or transgender. A person's sex is usually assigned at birth by parents and attendants, sometimes inaccurately. Don't use the outdated term sex change. Do not use the outdated term transsexual. And it goes on. And fucking on. And on. And on. This is the U.S. Department of Education. 
Everyone in the school community should feel valued for who they are and free to their authentic self. Our message to LGBTQI plus students, teachers, and staff as we begin Pride Month. ED has got your back. Oh my God, I didn't see this one. Yeah. Yeah, this is bad. We're going we're gonna to play this. This is a school. This meme pretty much sums it up. How was your day at school for those that are listening? And then the kids puking a rainbow. Because it's just being indoctrinated. This is total grooming. You can't say it's not. Elon Musk's gotten a bunch of fucking problems. Gender-affirming care for minors is pure evil. He was crushed for it. But, but he's right. He's just 100% right. Progressive Little Mermaid. Not woke enough. I'm not going to play the trailer. That's from the New York Times. It's failing. It's just failing. 100% fucking failing. Because nobody wants to see that shit. They, they, they don't want to say it. I miss this one. This is a good one. This is a mom. Don't say this doesn't affect us. I was in the leisure center changing rooms with my daughter. I just got out of the communal shower, so don't have my turban on. And I was putting my bra on. My daughter was about to take her swimming costume off. He was with a woman with trans flag draped around her shoulder. No lie. My daughter came to me and said, a man has just gone to the toilet. I looked around and he had a door open whilst clearing, emptying his bladder. He then came out, clearly a man wearing lipstick and sat in the changing room whilst waiting for his friend. I stood there semi-naked trying to hide in the corner whilst getting my daughter covered. I was shocked, so shouted something about boundaries and female-only space. They both left whilst muttering something. It wasn't overly scared this time, but as someone with a history of eating disorder and body issues, as well as a current sufferer of alcopecia, I felt exposed and vulnerable. My daughter was embarrassed, and she is just showing signs of womanhood, so she's very self-conscious. This may be nothing to other women. This may be minuscule to men, but my daughter and I both felt exposed, disrespectful, and disrespected. That man sat there like his feelings were the only ones that counted. He had no regard for our privacy. As a non-trans man, this is a reply, uh, I get extremely angry that women are made to feel scared in their own space. So do I. So do I. This came from... These fucking people just, they, uh, they're, they're, they're garbage. Here's a helpful glossary, which includes being peed on and poop. Poop. This is a trans librarian. The cheat seat, all the weird teams, no waiting. I don't know. Scissors, sister. It's a librarian. 
It's what they do. CNN, New Iowa law restricts gender identity education, bans books from sexual content. You motherfuckers. So, I had never heard of this group, um, Oxfam, but they put a video out. Um, Oxfam, for those not familiar with their mission, is a global organization that fights inequity and end poverty and injustice. And for Oxfam, it seems like one of the most effective ways to fight inequity, to end injustice, is to demonize a woman who braved backlists and death threats in order to defend womanhood. So this, this soundbite I'm about to play comes from them. They tried to delete it, but they captured it. Maya four-star. An Oxfam staffer tells her story to Bin G about how she was subject to a witch hunt after defending J.K. Rowling. Um, they put this tripe out. How are you marking Pride Month this year? While LGBTQIA plus people around the world are deprived of basic safety, not protected by laws, preyed on by hate groups online and offline, discriminated against at work, deprived of opportunities and pushed to the margins. But pride can be found etched deeply in the hand of a friend, the hug of a chosen family member, or the safe spaces of a kind community. This Pride Month, we take pride in those who protect and champion safety for LGBTQIA people. We all must stand together with queer folks online, at work, in schools, in sport, through laws, everywhere. We call to protect the pride. Are you with us? Just everybody gotta get their fucking virtue signal on. Should be a song. Virtue signal. This is the uh, old Ellen page. Reveals chilling transphobic attack outside L.O. Hotel. I'm going to fucking gay bash you, faggot. Page 36 was standing on a corner in West Hollywood on her way to Pink Dot Convenience Store when the enraged and hateful stranger that never really happened, but it, it, she hasn't been in the media in a long time, so this is one of her ways to get in, approached her shouting obscenities, according to Los Angeles Times. I'm going to fucking gay bash you, faggot, the man yelled, forcing the actor to bolt towards the store in fear. Employees at Pink Dot escorted a terrified page in the shop but the man allegedly followed him and stood at the store's doorway. This is why I need a gun, the maniac reporter yelled at Paige through the glass door. Replies. The claim just happened to coincide with a book release, so we can be extra sure it's not all made up at all. And a shitload of Jesse Smollett. See, they, they got an election coming, and they're losing this argument. So you got CNN... Human rights campaign, national state of emergency because they won't let little kids transition. Mm, what the fuck? So, our last two sound bites. This is on Dr. Phil, and a fifth grade teacher just 
knocks it out of the park. And Planned Parenthood with Lucky talking about when it comes to your abortions, any reason is the right reason. Telling your abortion story is important and more we talk about this essential form of health care, the more normalized it becomes and the more money we can make. Replies right off, this is ex-gay patriot. Why is that only uggo women are so eager to get abortions? It's a good question. Another one. I was a Democratic voter my entire life and fully supported funding PP because good family planning should, in theory, prevent a lot of unwanted pregnancies and abortions. But now I'm done. This is anti-scientific, and you're shamelessly pushing a radical political agenda, and it seems all you want to do is sell abortions. Yeah. Another reply. How about the rights of the child? Another. Abortion story. Is he saying he had an abortion? Once again, women can't. Have abortions. I am Eloise. I am six. Transgender boys who might not have their own money to go buy tampons. If they're provided free in the bathroom, it's, it's a huge plus. Men do not menstruate. Only women menstruate. Now, you can call yourself whatever you don't want. don't menstruate, but trans men do menstruate. No, Same they as don't. non-binary people. <clears throat> Only Menstruating women. Menstruating is not exclusive yes, to it cis is. women. No, it's not. Yes, it is. So explain you're, to me as to why my body menstruated are, at some point. If your chromosomes are XX and you're young, you menstruate. <clears throat> if you're XY, you don't. Correct, but what about trans men and non-binary? We're not excluding men. a whole group of they're, people They're women dressed as men. You are not a man. You can pretend to be a man, and that's okay. That's perfectly fine. Live your life. And tell me what a man is. Well, what's a man to you? You define a man for me. You have chromosomes that are X and Y. That's what a man is. So why are we just looking at the, 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 the science of this as an the example? Science. When, when we've learned sex and gender identity are two very, they're completely different things. They're not completely different They are completely things. different. Completely different words. And sex is what you're born with, the sexual reproductive organs you have. Gender is what you identify with. They're completely different Well, I don't accept things. that distinction. You have to argue for it. You're just giving a conclusion. You're, you're just making it up. People, the people who hate the truth, the people who hate the truth are because they see, they see the truth as hateful. If, if you want to identify in any way you can, you're free to do so. But that does not mean that the rest of us have to join that illusion. You disagree, I disagree with you, and so you call it hate. But there's no hate in my heart at all, so that's You wrong. are being hateful when you tell somebody that identifies okay. as a man that they're not a man. That's not that hateful. hateful, that's a fact. Hi. Hi, my name is Lucky. I've had an abortion, and I get gender-affirming care from Planned Parenthood. I wound up in a very, very difficult relationship. And within three months, I found out that I was pregnant. I was like, oh no. My abortion was one of the greatest acts of compassion I had ever committed. It was an easy decision. And it was a decision that, for the friends I had told I was trans, they were like, get it. You know, that's fine, like, great, you know. That's your decision. You want to finally begin your life. And it was just one of the best decisions I had ever made, ever in my life. I wish that more people understood that abortion is healthcare, plain and simple. It's important to talk about abortion in a healthcare setting because I think that when we don't 
we see abortion as this very, very uncommon, isolated thing. And it's not. It needs to be shared and it needs to be out there, just like any other thing that people go through. I tell my abortion story because people need to understand that it's not just a women's rights issue, it is a people's rights issue. I said that wrong. Men can't have an abortion. But that's the point. You know, they, they're trying to broaden their thing with sex change help. They're, they're realizing abortion isn't making as much money anymore because, as I said for years, younger generations are actually having more morals. And they're going, well, what the fuck? Plus, they all jerk off to porn. They don't have as much sex anymore. I mean, that's for girls, too. Everybody's jerking off to porn. You can't even fucking answer an email without porn. Every day I get about eight porn chicks liking my pictures on Instagram. It's everywhere. And if I was younger, be cool. But I'm older. Plus... I haven't looked at a lot of porn lately, but I'm sure I don't want to watch it. Seems like it's all anal and weird shit because nobody fucks normal anymore. This one, I just fuck it. I was going to put it in the funny section because get the fuck out of her. Pride token, combating homophobia lessons from Prophet Muhammad. Prophet Muhammad, grace be upon him, taught us the importance of love and compassion towards all people, regardless of their sexual orientation. This Pride Month, let's explore his teaching and how they can guide us. Let me read the whole fucking thing because it's just, get the fuck out of us. Um, and how they can guide us in combating homophobia. Prophet Muhammad emphasized the value of treating others with kindness and respect as teachings remind us to embrace society. Homophobia go against, goes, the, against, goes against the spirit of Prophet Muhammad's teaching. Let's stand against discrimination. Blah, blah. It goes on for like 20 fucking tweets. K.M. Masters, I see the delusion of religion by the culture is no longer constrained to Christianity. Pride token again. What would Jesus do? A reflection on LGBT rights and homophobia. This has to be a parody account. The response to later received a lot of hate messages and threats in response to the threads about Prophet Muhammad and Jesus is disheartening, but we won't be silenced. We firmly believe in love and tolerance regarding Regardless of our differences, LGBT rights are human rights, and all individuals deserve respect and acceptance. We will continue spreading a message of love, standing firm against discrimination, and working towards a world where everyone can live authentically. Then somebody brings down the hammer. Might want to check a handy Sharia law manual. I can recommend the Umdat al-Salik, endorsed by Alhar University, specifically page 17 at sequence for what Muhammad had to say about homosexuality, sodomy, and lesbianism. Another, homosexuality is illegal in every Islamic country. And finally, somebody did the right thing and posted a picture of people getting thrown off fucking roofs. Because that's what they fucking do. I mean, the left won't attack Islam. But Christianity just trying to convert motherfuckers, not throw them off roofs. This is Nike. Yeah. 
Breaking a leaked email from inside a Nike and obtained by the Real Daily Wire reveals that the company will host a talk with child sex change surgeon to celebrate Pride Month. This summer, the Nike United Pride Network is in honor of once again spotlighting and celebrating the past, present, and future of our global LGBTQIA++ EIEIO Cosign of Four community. We're thrilled to have a phenomenal lineup of events, activities this June and July that will leave you inspired, invigorated, and immensely passionate about cultivating the better world for all athletes. This year's theme is Together We Are Undeniable. They will feature Dr. Blair Peters of the Oregon Health and Science University. Of course, it's Oregon. Peters has publicly admitted that performing irreversible sex change operations refer to a gender-affirming top surgery on adolescent girls. Here is the Chuck they're going to feature. I myself went through my own sort of gender identity and exploration of my own queerness and as like a teenager and young adult, I clung to the term gay because that's all I had, that's all I knew. But it never felt right, I never felt at home in that label. And it was over time as I started engaging more and more with the queer, trans, and gender diverse population that I really felt comfortable and started encountering people that looked like and felt like I felt and learned the language that they used and then really found the labels that I apply to myself, which are queer, gender diverse, and that's where I live. I'm Blair Peters, I use he, they pronouns. I'm a plastic and reconstructive surgeon at OHSU, and I specialize in gender affirming and peripheral nerve surgery. I describe- Fucking Frankenstein. That's his name. Frankenstein. And then for the slides that I, I put at the end, cause I'm, I'm going to play a soundbite. I wasn't going to, but I am because I'm just so fucking angry about this. I'm trying to articulate something that's going to actually come across as the English language and not speaking in tongues. I am Eloise. I am six. On Friday, Congressman Mikey Zell said in his weekly newsletter that he penned a letter to the VA secretary and the interim director for the medical center asking that the pride flag be taken down. Ezel says he didn't think it was appropriate to fly flags that had a political or social agenda. On Monday, the flag was still flying at the VA, and protesters demonstrated at the flagpoles. He is not compliant to the wishes of the congressman, and we are also very concerned about our flags being taken down and another flag being replaced in that, in that flagpole. So that's why we're out here. We're standing for our nation, for our flag, and for those who died that flag. Army veteran Minden Widener says the VA does a good job of trying to unify the branches of military service, but he believes flying the pride flag is divisive. When you do this, all you're doing is just dividing. And with these graves in the background, you don't need this kind of divide right here, but I want to be respectful to it. I'm not here in opposition for the, for the, you know, the pride flag in any way. I am just sitting there saying there's only a certain few flags that should be up there. Sean Shank, who is community relations at the VA, said he too is a veteran and says flying the pride flag shows that the VA is there for everyone. I can't tell you how proud I am that the veterans I serve next to that identify as LGBTQ are, are recognized and are welcome here at the VA. 
It's extremely important that we understand that more than a million veterans come to the VA and identify as LGBTQ, and they have a right to get all the health care services they have earned. Reporting from Biloxi, I'm Ansley Brent with WXXV. The we have vet suicides to 114K. We have vets that are on the street. We have just people with serious illnesses, including yours truly. But tranny flag, that, that's the priority, tranny flag. Okay. Okay. So to close out the gay shit, here's a couple really good ones. Norway joins Finland, Sweden, and the UK and no longer allowing child transitions. In Italy, I love you, Meloni declared a family pride month that will promote the traditional family. So, yeah, there you go. Fight fire with fire. To our lighter fare, let's play a video first. This one's really funny. Uh, can't believe two lesbians or one's a trans. I don't know. But this is some funny ass shit. Celebrate her, she's. What about, how do you celebrate he, hims? Nobody wants to celebrate he, hims. They just want to torch the he, hims down. <laughs> they do. Everybody wants to torture the people. What about the them days? Why are we not celebrating them days? Well, I don't know. There's not a chocolate bar that says them, <laughs> they, thems. There's a whatchamacallit. <laughs> That's some funny, 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 funny shit. And I can't remember if I got that from a sibling. I don't know where my damn phone is. So if I got it from a sibling, I'm sorry. And I also got a, another one from Todd Norgan. Um... Thank you. I fucking mislabeled the shit, but I know you sent an article and I covered it today, so I thank you for that. Our next uh, lighter fare, uh, I stumbled, my wife stumbled across this, and they are a band. They're called uh, The Warning. They're from Mexico. Mexico. And, uh, Man, when I see kids jam, fucking love it.
I don't know. If I was a fucking band, I would get really pissed if the mic guy spends 25 minutes setting up my fucking microphone. I just do it my goddamn self. And then I watched a movie that's one of my favorites, and it is uh, The Kingdom. And The Kingdom, literally just a great Jamie Foxx. I actually sent a message to Jamie Foxx. There's a lot of um, talk that it is due... Oh, you know, before we go to that, I keep forgetting this. The, the PETA. Think twice before ordering that chicken sandwich because T-Rexes wouldn't approve of you eating their descendants. Um, the the freaking replies to this. Uh, God bless America. I, I just, you know, I, I rag... I rag on the internet. I rag on the internet a lot. A lot. You know, it, I don't think it has a whole lot of redeeming qualities. I think it's caused more negativity than we need. Um, but then you get shit like this. <laughs> and then people literally uh, took dinosaur pictures um, and they decided, well, yeah, no. T-Rex would say, yeah, yeah, I'd eat that motherfucking chicken. Um, my reply, which I was the first to use it, but I never get picked up by this website, Twitchy. I think it's because I say I'm a podcast, because they used to cover me, and then they, they fucking don't. Um, was twofold. Number one, of course... Well, what the fuck? The Flintstones, man. Most of us saw the Flintstones growing up, and a Brontosaurus burger sounded motherfucking delicious. And then I went into the simple fact that you guys need to get your talking points ready, because here's the reality. There's more carbon to eat your fake food than the real food. And then lastly, somebody put up a picture. They have chicken nuggets that are in the shape of fucking dinosaurs, right? Sometimes I wonder if they just do shit to get likes so they do dumb fucking shit like this. But back to our last lighter fare. Jamie Foxx, uh, there is a lot of uh, bashing on Dr. Drew because he brought a guy on that talked about he's there because of the vax. And there's proof, probably it is, he had a fucking stroke. He's paralyzed and blind in one eye. So, uh... I sent a message hoping he gets better because I think he's a fantastic actor. I'm sure in the, the long haul, he would not like me. Uh, I'm sure just like Jackson and pretty much all the African-American heroes we have in movies, they don't like Whitey. Um, Samuel did that whole series about slavery. And uh, some of his comments were, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not black, so I'm sure I wouldn't be cool with slavery. But I at least fucking, I'm not saying you should be cool, but... Uh, Slavery was a lot of people fucking up, including black tribes that captured them and then sold their asses. It's fucked up, but it's so long ago. Um, some of his comments were more along the lines that he, reparations, all that shit. Fuck that. No, you're a rich motherfucker. I think America did you pretty well. But anyway, the movie was The Kingdom, and there was a scene in it about the FBI director talking to the Attorney General. And... It's always been one of my favorite scenes. I want to play it today because I think if I would have taken this advice, and this movie's from 2007, and I did not take its advice, um, and just realize that your life, your job, whatever, it's all going to end. 
and worrying about it doesn't solve anything. It just makes you more stressed. Because the reality is it's going to end. You're going to get fired. You're going to quit. We're all going to die. So I thought this is very poignant. So here's the scene. Actually, it's uppermost echelon. That's you, baby. Entrenched and outmoded, the leadership has shown itself fearful of the pioneering thoughts this committee and I have tried to imbue. It is thus an agency at contretemps, hindering our every effort. And by committee, I mean the fucking Senate Select Committee on Terror. So you're going before the Senate Select Committee and not to the president who appointed you. Why is that? I bet the president wasn't the audience you thought he'd be. I'll bet the president realized that you can't have voters asking why the second longest serving FBI director got fired for doing his job, for sending agents to Saudi Arabia just seven months before midterm elections. So you want to bet? Mr. Attorney General, I obviously already have. I bet my job. I would have buried you. You know, Westmoreland made all of us officers write our own obituaries during Tet, when we thought the Kong were going to end it all right there. And once we clued into the fact that life is finite, the thought of losing it didn't scare us anymore. The end comes no matter what. The only thing that matters is how do you want to go out, on your feet or on your knees? I bring that lesson to this job. I act knowing that someday this job will end, no matter what. You should do the same. It's a, it's a really, really good movie. So we're going to go into that fucking bullshit. We have a soundbite. Um, the first one is that taking away people's guns is like slavery. It's the same thing. Uh, the media dogging Haley because she doesn't believe abortion's the number one issue. For women. Yeah. I I think there's a there's a lot of other things that are probably a little more important. And then the next one I grabbed for because we kinda have a show without a GOP bash. It, it it's what we do, because that's all the media really does. Tim Scott is a piece of shit because Tim Scott is saying race relations are okay. And these are white people. That's bullshit. So, so I thought it was interesting, the response, well, look, you know, I don't have to tell you this run into all sorts of issues in the courts, the Second Amendment, how the Supreme Court has ruled would make this unconstitutional at this point. That's just a, a point of fact. But I thought it was interesting that Governor Polis's staff, in response to this, said that the governor, quote, will not issue an unconstitutional order that will be struck down in the court simply to make public relations statements. He will continue to focus on real solutions. 
And he has done a number of things on guns, right? In the state, he signed laws to yeah. raise the age to yes. buy a firearm to 21. He established a minimum waiting period, um, expanded the state's red flag laws. So for you guys, is this about more than just bumping up against this issue in the courts? This is about a broader message, no? Yes. Number one, we need to shape a new social norm. First of all, it's there. A lot of people are afraid to say the quiet parts out loud that more guns equal more death. We are so ingrained in, in gun culture in this country that it's hard to say that and acknowledge it out loud. So number one, pushing this social norm that's already existed within our country right now because 64% of Americans, 64% of Americans, according to USA Today, they want gun reform. That's more important to them than preserving the rights of guns. So at the end of the day, is it unconstitutional? Yes, but so was slavery. We abolished mm. slavery. So there's many mm. things about the Constitution that can change. Amendments, it's meant to change. Right, they, they are living in a time of incredible turmoil. And rather than understanding that broadly, she is making light of it and she's trying to score really cheap political points on it. If she has a daughter, she should be ashamed of herself. She talks about how this is the issue of our time. I mean, what time is she living in, the 1700s, the 1800s? I mean, I'm not sure what time she exists in other than how much longer she's got before the, you know, the coffers of her campaign run out. The, the, the women's issue of our time. That's what I have written is, down is, here. Is, is the that, women's issue of our time. Yeah, the, not access to abortion care. There you go. I mean, <laughs> if you were going to say make a list of the issues affecting the rights of women in America, you might start with the, the denial of basic reproductive freedom Okay, so Jessica, your thoughts on both of those perspectives? Yeah, I mean, it's it's fundamentally confusing to me what Tim Scott's perspective because his idea of what this country is just doesn't completely match up. And what I would say is just he says he's not the exception, but he clearly is. You know, I think that there are a lot of black Americans who are able to be financially successful in this country that definitely exists, but it is not the rule. I think the rule in this country is it is really hard to escape poverty. It is really hard to escape systemic racism. And I think to try and act as if those things aren't real, I think does a real disservice to, you know, efforts to try and mitigate those issues. Jessica, one of the things that he was trying to talk to say was that um, there's been so much progress made and he wants to lean into that, that there's been a lot of progress. And he gave the example of his grandfather, I think, who had to step off the sidewalk to allow a white pedestrian to walk by. That's notable. I mean, don't you think that his point that he's the, um, evidence of progress. He's exhibit A of progress and not, and that it isn't that he had to be exceptional. I get his point that things are better and they're obviously better. And I think there's no way to argue that, but I mean, I'm younger than Tim Scott and I've certainly experienced racism. So I think to argue that this is no longer an issue doesn't make sense. And I think by focusing so much on this idea of we've made progress, so let's not talk about it, it makes it, you just make it so easy for other people. And I think you particularly make it easier for white people when. Which brings us to our This Is America. Foundation for Freedom Online, censorship permanent home in academia, Harvard Journal bragged misdisinformation study is too big to fail. So. We're starting to see a coalescence around this whole tranny bullshit, and they're trying to equate it to civil rights and fascism and everything. So SPLC, of course, 
designates Mom for Liberty that we've covered on the show as an extremist group rooted in white supremacies. Groups like Moms for Liberty are a new battlefront for inclusivity in schools, but are rooted in the age-old white supremacy. We designate them as an extremist group in our new SPL Center annual hate and extremist group. Since the group's 2021 founding, Moms for Liberty's member across the nation have been making waves for intimidating and harassing teachers and school officials. They have publicly battled teachers' unions, labeled them as cartels and terrorist organizations. They condemn corporations like the Walt Disney Company that are supportive of the gay community. They lobby for parental right bills such as Don't Say Gay Law, which never existed, law and advocate for anti-critical race theory bills. These groups offer rewards for identifying teachers who violate new enacted anti-critical race theory and LGBT laws. Following the call for an increase in inclusive curriculum and training, CRT was spotlighted in an area where it had never been before. What began primarily as a graduate level, lie, 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 lie. That was, that was point one you guys said that it was in college. Well, it's clearly fucking not in college. So, ex-EA FBI cocksucker Frank Fujilazilihali decides to go on and listen to the words because what they're basically trying to equate is that it's like white supremacy. If you don't want your kids transed or taught that all white people are evil, well, that's tantamount to Russia, Russia, Russia. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. And this is America. In- Frank, where is the intersection and is it discernible? Does law enforcement have the tools to know exactly where the fault line is between the projected sort of laundered free political speech targeting the trans community coming from behind podiums at televised um, debates and town halls and the and the rhetoric and conduct and organizing that threatens people, especially families of, of trans kids and LGBTQ kids? Yeah, I think um, I've, I've long said, Nicole, that two things are not mutually exclusive. You can protect our civil liberties at the same time you protect our nation from violence. They're not mutually exclusive. But, but the far-right extremists want us to believe that the big bad government is trying to police our thoughts our ideologies. And of course, that's not true. They're trying to prevent violence. And as you said, the problem, the challenge is the tools still aren't in the toolkit. Many people think that something magic happened in law enforcement after January 6th, new tools, new laws. The answer is no. No, nothing has changed in the law enforcement toolkit. We still, I know you've heard me say this to the point where you may be tired of hearing me say it, we still don't have a, a law in the federal books against domestic terrorism and that deprives law enforcement of the ability to get out ahead of violence and the continued threat continues to be the lone offender who is increasingly difficult to ferret out and find first let me let me give kudos to the SPLC for an extremely comprehensive well-written well-packaged report I, I recommend everybody reading this who wants to just become more familiar with what's happening all around us now because the overall takeaway is that hate is becoming more entrenched. Um, they have gone local. Hate has gone local, and the more local it goes, 
uh, the more mainstream it becomes. Now, one of the strategies we see is what you mentioned, which is an increased targeting of the gay community. It's part of the so-called culture war that they want us to believe is happening, that, that our religious freedoms are being targeted, our children are being targeted, and it's about as anti-freedom as you can be in reality, but that's, that's not what they want. They want us to believe everything we stand for is somehow at risk, including our children's safety. So the convenient target here has become, in addition to the Jewish community and the black community, has become the gay community. And here we are, of course, in Pride Month, where security really has to be paramount for the, the various events going on. But I hearken back to decades ago when the FBI and the DOJ really aggressively targeted and, and successfully went after criminally the KKK. And what happened there was they took off their hoods and their sheets and they put on suits and ties. And they went local. And they ran for office. So this isn't the first time we've seen this going local mainstreaming of hatred. We've seen it before, and we see it now with people who truly are driven by hate and deception, running for school board and, and elective office, and that's where the problem is. So there's good news, bad news in this report. There's a drop in militia groups and activity. That's, there's clearly mentioned in the report of the chilling effect that the 1,000 arrests now have had for January 6th on these militia groups. But the bad news is, you know, just as soon as you get your hands around them from a law enforcement, enforcement perspective, identify people and, and groups, they go local. They hide behind suits and ties and try to legitimize themselves. And that makes it very, very hard to get a handle on what's happening. Everything they don't agree with is evil, treasonous something this is uh yeah they're excited about this shit this motherfucker's gonna be in the white house that's that's how they think they're gonna fucking win the election okay jaw-dropping threat exposes lefty influence Mueller she wrote and it's true holy fake batman the Mueller she wrote exposes a wild, chaotic ride through an Allison Gill's narrative world where little is what it seems to be. Stay to the very end if you want your jaw to hit the floor. In her own words, Ellen Gill is a patriot and a veteran who served in the Navy protecting us in the first Gulf War where she would be seriously injured. She didn't see combat, though, but supported those that did from below decks. Her grandfather was in the Navy, too, but sadly went down with his ship. Allison has also been close to death, surviving risking pregnancy, cancer, and her husband had... Uh, I am well aware of what a malignant narcissist's mind trying to kill, whatever. Trump fired her for speaking out, and she secretly lost her cat. So AG has used her colorful patriotic background to gain sympathy and credibility. But in the backstory all true, we didn't decide to investigate. What we found is it's true that Allison Grandpa, Albert D. Fousey, was aboard the USS Gregory, Guadalcanal, 1942, when the ship came under fire. They were massively outgunned. Doozy heroically hand-steered while the ship was under attack and ablaze. Allison's tweet matches with news clippings then according to alice's twitter feed he went down the ship and was lost and died thing is he didn't he survived if he didn't survive not only wouldn't allison be here born but not when her mother was born seven years after guadalcanal mm. um 
So why didn't she talk up the heroic survival story, choosing to kill him off instead for her own sense of victimhood? Her guess is as good as mine, but it's part of a disturbing pattern. Allison Gill claims that she was the Navy. Allison Gill was born in 74, was 16 years old, high school student when the first Gulf War started. As you can see, Allison Gill is technically classified as a veteran of the Gulf War era. So that means she just served during the Gulf War era. I did, but I need to find the Gulf War. Well, it's all explained nicely and clearly in this tweet. But Allison goes a step further by bringing Operation Desert Storm into mix, clearly suggesting that action during the first Gulf War was the cause of her disability. This Allison's personal progression from Gulf War era veteran to Desert Storm veteran. Allison Gill studied to be a machinist made Navy nuclear school, completed her three months basic military training, but didn't finish the full study program, despite claiming to have graduated with a perfect store. She dropped out after nine months with foot complications after rejecting the opportunity for free surgery. So according to our research, she was never really a nuclear reactor expert as she essentially only studied a few months. And this goes on and on, and I don't really care about it because she's just another influencer on there. But it's stolen power. It's bullshit. It is what they are because they aren't vets. They hate vets. Being a hardcore liberal is the antithesis of being a, a patriot and a veteran. You can't hate the country and defend it. Simultaneous this week, this asshat, this woman has been attacking Casey DeSantis and calling her a Walmart Melania. You can form your own opinion. Executive editor Katie Baker of Daily Beast targets Casey DeSantis with unhinged rant. Op-ed. Casey DeSantis' coat is just like her husband Ron DeSantis' campaign. Crude. It is a huge hit article about her. Then Adam Kinziger. Miss Gail, Florida. Casey's throwing serious Hillary vibe. The constant emasculation is never hot. Ron Flapofikwich, he's dying, not happy. Adam Kinzinger, the governor. So all this week, they were dogging her for this. We did four stops in Iowa the day before. However, that talking really pales into comparison to the day previous to that when I had very long in-depth conversations with our three-year-old Mamie as to why she cannot color true story with a permanent marker on the dining room table <laughs> or the walls because I've come to the realization you can only move furniture in so many places before you run out of real estate you know that you have to keep doing it so we're very blessed to have the six five and three-year-old uh, that the governor mentioned a second ago Mamie our little one who by the way Every one of these attacks would be so off base if it was for Dr. Jill. PolitiFact tweaks the meaning of the words in order to slap Ron DeSantis with another false rusing. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis downplayed the effect of a new law he signed that set procedures for school districts to review library books. He said the state hasn't banned a single book, but some books have been removed. Yeah, because they just checked it. They're bad. This now is a full-scale attack on him, and you'll see in a few seconds why.
If you're democratically elected twice, you're not a dictator. Everyone quoted in this article lost an election by 20 points, and of course they're not in power, and Republicans are. Under NAACP, under the leadership of Florida, Governor DeSantis, the state of Florida has become hostile to black Americans in direct conflict. In 2022, approximately 320,000 people packed their bags and went to the Sunshine State. WAPO. Florida home prices are holding steady and in some cases rising as white-collar professionals flock to the state. They are trying so fucking hard to say Florida's horrible for the laws. But every time they do a poll, everybody's for it because it came from parents. He didn't pull this shit out of his ass. But as you will see in our last sound bites of the day, we have another one of those Ron DeSantis is more dangerous than Trump uh, biographer or book writer that the Supreme Court is more dangerous to democracy than Hitler. And then that racist misstall that John Roberts, the guy that has protected the left stupid shit over and over and over. Without him, there wouldn't be an ACA. There wouldn't be gay marriage. There wouldn't be a lot of shit. He's a danger to black people. And I'm playing another 13 seconds. This is bullshit. It's bullshit. David, last word to you. You and I have talked uh, a great deal about DeSantis' authoritarianism in Florida. Nevertheless, were you shocked by his announcement this week that he would, quote, aggressively go after pardons for 1-6 insurrectionists. No, many. I say this with conviction. I think Ron DeSantis is far more dangerous than Donald Trump. For in the Constitution for half a century, they issued the most sweeping Second Amendment ruling ever, saying basically that you cannot consider public safety, and they made it much harder for government agencies to protect the environment and do other things like that. They crammed decades of social change into those three days. One of the things that's adding to that right now is Clarence Thomas is facing these questions about unethics because he received some payments, some gifts from a big Republican donor. Uh, Is there any way to police this famously? Supreme Court justices don't live under the same ethics guidelines that other judges do. I think that nobody is so wise that they should be the judge in their own case. So the Supreme Court needs a binding ethics code just the same way all the other courts have that. Congress could do it or the court could do it itself. I think also that there ought to be 18-year term limits for Supreme Court justices. Uh, You know, George Washington had the insight that nobody should have too much public power for too long when he stepped down. And you don't mince your words in this book. You believe the Supreme Court now is a threat to democracy? I think the country is moving in one direction over time, and the court is veering sharply in another direction. When you have that kind of gap, uh, public trust collapses, and it can really create a crisis, and that's where I think we are. We saw the response in the midterm. On the voting rights case, I do believe it is very likely that the Supreme Court will vitiate Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. That's the section of the Voting Rights Act that just allows you to sue for racial discrimination in voting. It's the kind of basic operational factor of the Voting Rights Act. I believe that's going down this term. This month, I believe John Roberts will write that. If you look at the kind of tea leaves of who's written what case from when, it looks like Roberts has kept that case to himself. And for all the people, all the media people, especially all the 
generally kind of mainstream media people, especially, who tend to act like Roberts is some kind of moderate good guy influence on the Supreme Court, make no mistake, John Roberts has been an enemy of black people voting for his entire legal career. I just, the intellectual dishonesty and everything they're doing right now, how can, Jesus Christ, everything is worse than Jim Crow, than 9-11, Pearl Harbor, War 18-12. Jesus Christ, you guys are running out of shit to say things are worse than. This one I left at the end because this is just perfect. This is This is our media. This is who they are. I mean, cut and dry. This is our media. A New Hampshire man has been charged with threatening to kill a senator. There's no party next to it because it was a liberal wanting to kill a righty. Just like when the left gets in trouble. Then another unhinged, this is a lefty, Rick Taylor. Ran, a, ran as a Democrat in Ohio, but for whatever reason did not end up on the ballot. But he's a mover and shaker. Serious question that seems to elude everyone in media and justice. If Ivana Trump was cremated, why does she need a full-size grave? Who buries a bag of ashes in a casket in a watertight casket? It's like we are watching a bad crime show. Then there's the reader's note that nobody's, there's no proof that she was ever cremated. Replies to this. The people on this thread saying she wasn't cremated show zero proof that she wasn't. It's fair game at this point. It's not impossible to fathom Trump would do such a thing. Until proven wrong, I'm running with the theory she was cremated. Could you do that for a lefty? And then the coup de gras. I'll cliff note it. This news agency was filming one sex. Everything. Including cops. Opening doors. And all that shit. Well, during the broadcast, YouTube decided that it was promoting anti-democratic whatever the fuck. And they kicked it offline. Well, now, years later, they've reversed course and they're letting people put shit up about 1-6. Because now it's been proven it was all bullshit. So this group went to get it, but it was a live stream. And YouTube deleted it. So it's gone. Yet, it had proof that what they were saying was bullshit. There were bad people. There were people breaking shit. There were dangerous confrontations. But there was something going on because Nancy Pelosi was strolling around with her film crew knowing she really wasn't in a whole lot of danger. And police were tossing CS into people fucking peaceful crowds all on film we didn't see that for months later it is so easy to rewrite history when you censor facts 
that go against your theories. I mean, it's really, really easy. So that wraps up another episode of Flavor Politic Podcast here with your family and friends. And go to SoundCloud, Flavor Politic with K, Rumble 482467. Send an email to FOP podcast at gmail.com we will do our next show on 11 May year of our Lord 2023 until then disconnect from all your devices don't give the yeah yeahs no this is a lot of sound bites and a lot of information but there was a lot of shit coming out and I wanted to hit it all I'm going to try to do a, a 6 to 9 round burst next episode um I didn't plan on doing so much gay shit, but there's just so much gay shit. It's like the fight right now. You can't throw your dick, literally, at the TV if it's not about Trump or tranny. And the media, deep down inside, is hoping that Trump turns tranny because then they'll get all sorts of clicks because that's all they're running. It is just nonsense. Stop with this bullshit. And I missed something. So I want to hit this before I leave because, you know, there's a lot of time here. I I talk about the South and how we don't put up with this shit. Well, this week, um, I went... To get some Kleenex. And I went to a Walgreens. And sorry for doing this live. But I just remembered I was supposed to download this. And I did it halfway through the show. But then I forgot to bring it up. This is a Walgreens in Clarksville, Tennessee. And that is the display towards the front of the store. As you zoom closer to it, it's Disney Pride stuff for kids. There's Mickey, and Mickey is on the love. So even here, they won't stop directing stuff towards kids. It's almost perverse because it is. Years ago on this show, I talked about MAP, Minor Attracted Person, and how the left wanted to get that under the umbrella of LGBTEIEIO. It looks like it is because they've put it in. I mean, they're, that's the whole front. The whole agenda is towards children. As you can see, there's stuffed animals, all sorts of stuff around this. This wasn't in an area with adult shit. This was kid stuff. And it's marketed to kids. That's who this is for. And it really makes you think. Why? Why is it so important to them? 
those and many other questions we will uh, address in our next show. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care. Every death is a tragedy, y'all. Seven lives.